Grace and peace to you this morning. We're so glad that you're here on a wintry day and especially uh, glad to have several uh, scouts in uniform in the audience. And so we have representatives from Trail Life, American Heritage Girls, Cub Scouts, Girl Scouts of America. We appreciate um, all those who are scouts and, and all those who are leading scouts as well. We're a uh, uh, starting a new series of lessons this morning, and so we're glad that you're here. Um, the The title of this series is Christian Conversations, and so we want to uh, spend a few weeks examining how we talk to one another. You know, you, you may uh, have noticed that uh, um, we kind of struggle with this as Americans from time to time, that uh, uh, we're, we're not always having the, the best speech, and that sometimes aren't uh, people aren't uh, exhibiting the characteristics of Christ in that speech, and so we want to devote a few Sundays to thinking about uh, this subject. Life is composed of conversations. And you think about it, when we're born, before we're able to, to talk, as a, as a small child, people are attempting to converse with us. We cherish those final conversations that we have with our loved ones. And each day that we live on this earth is comprised of a series of conversations. We talk with our spouses. We talk with our kids. We have conversations at work. We might chit-chat with a, a clerk at the gas station or at the grocery store. We say hello to our neighbor and we comment on the weather. And so conversations are like breathing. They're happening all the time. And because of this, we uh, sometimes take them for granted. The only time we might actually stop to consider a conversation is if it goes really good or if it goes really bad. You know, we try to avoid those bad conversations because we don't like them. And they tend to stick in our memory and they get replayed over and over again. Good conversations excite us. They encourage us. A good conversation is life-giving. It energizes us. And we tend to remember those conversations as well. Conversations reveal who we are. They are how we communicate with one another. And so because of this and because they're so common, it's no surprise that Scripture has much to say about how we talk to one another. Christianity is meant to transform every aspect of life. And this includes our conversations. And so after becoming a Christian, we should begin to talk differently. And as we grow and mature in our faith, it should be evident in our speech. We are followers of Jesus and we should want our words to be life-giving like His. You know, Jesus made a difference in the lives of others through the conversations that He had with people. And, and we can do the same. Why are words so important? You know, many of us grew up hearing, sticks and stones will break your bones, but words will never hurt you. And you know, that, that saying might be helpful at times, but at the same time, all of us know that words can hurt and that words can injure and words can even destroy. And Jesus, throughout his ministry, 
he stresses the importance of our words. In Matthew chapter 15, he enters into a discussion with the scribes and Pharisees, and uh, they're, they're talking about purity customs. And the scribes and Pharisees are, are bothered by the actions of Jesus' disciples because they're not washing their hands before they eat. And in Matthew 15, verses 17 through 18, Jesus says this, Do you not see that whatever goes into the mouth passes into the stomach and is expelled? But what comes out of the mouth proceeds from the heart, and this defiles a person. And so Jesus tells us here that what comes out of our mouth reveals what is in our heart. And if we want to be pure, don't worry about what you eat. Worry about what you say. In other words, words are important. They are powerful. They can defile us and they can make us impure. Jesus says something similar in Matthew 12, 34 through 37. He says, For out of the abundance of the heart the mouth speaks. The good person out of his good treasure brings forth good, and the evil person out of his evil treasure brings forth evil. I tell you, on the day of judgment, people will give account for every careless word they speak, for by your words you'll be justified, and by your words you'll be condemned. And so we cannot easily dismiss a person's words, because Jesus doesn't do that. Words matter, and if anyone says otherwise, they're lying. Jesus says here, by your words you will be justified, and by your words you will be condemned. We could alter that and say, by your tweets you will be justified, and by your tweets you will be condemned. Or we could say, by what you post on Facebook you are justified, and by your um, Facebook posts you will be condemned. Or by your conversations you will be justified, and by your conversations you will be condemned. And so, you know, we cannot judge a person's heart, we cannot judge a person's intentions, but we can make judgments based upon what a person says. You know, if a person lies all the time, or if they use their words to belittle others, then this says something about their character. It reveals something about their heart. You cannot use words for evil. You cannot use words for bad and then claim to be good. It doesn't work that way. Our words matter. And this is why we have to be careful about what we say. We see the power of the spoken word in the very first chapter of the Bible. And so in Genesis 1 and verse 3, God speaks. God utters words, and there is light. The author of Hebrews explains it this way. By faith we understand that the universe was created by the word of God, so that what is seen was not made out of things that are visible. And so speaking itself is an act of creation. Now I know some might say, well, you know, that, that's God, that's not us. Well, true, you know, a, a, a new universe doesn't come to existence because of something we say. 
We don't have that kind of power. But something similar does happen with our words. When we speak, we are creating something. A new reality comes into being. Paul explains this in Ephesians 4.29. He says, Let no corrupting talk come out of your mouth, but only such as is good for building up, as fits the occasion, that it may give grace to those who hear. And so what, what Paul's saying here is that as we talk, our words are at work. Um, and they can be doing one of two things. They can, they can be used for bad. They can, they can be corrupting or tearing a person down. They can be causing damage. They can be destroying a relationship. In 2014, Michelle Carter was convicted of manslaughter. And what she did was she texted her boyfriend and told him to commit suicide. And she encouraged him to do this, and he did. And the court ruled that her words had consequences. And that they directly led to his death. Our words can be used for evil. Our words can harm others. They can create a new reality that is destructive. And so Paul says, rather than using our words for evil or for bad, we are to use them for good. We are to build others up with our speech. And our words should give grace to the people around us. We can use our words to encourage. We can use them to speak truth. We can use them to... Uh, comfort or console. They can inspire others to do great things. They can create a new reality where good happens. And so we need to recognize that, that any time that we open our mouths, any time our words are at work, and Paul says that they're either being used for good or for bad, one or the other, you know, um, and so we are creating something when we speak. Well, what is it? What are we doing with our words? What is the purpose of our speech? What reality are we trying to create? These are questions that we need to think about. When we begin a conversation, uh, we set a tone that will determine how that conversation will go. And so it may be a welcoming tone where people are encouraged to speak up and to, to share or it may be a tone which discourages people from opening up. A conversation that is infused with sarcasm may send a message that, you know what, this is something that uh, uh, is not to be taken seriously. A joke about a person's appearance may seem innocent to one person, but may come across as hurtful to another. And so again, our, our words matter, and if we're going to have meaningful conversations, then we must consider the implications of what we say. Well, after Paul tells us to use our words for good rather than evil, he goes on to give some examples of, of what this looks like. He says, let all bitterness and wrath and anger and clamor and slander be put away from you, along with all malice. Be kind to one another, tenderhearted, forgiving one another as God and Christ 
forgave you. And so, words and emotions that we are to avoid in conversations are ones that are bitter, wrathful, angry, slanderous, or malicious. Instead, he says, we are to use words that are kind and tenderhearted. That, and, and if someone wrongs us, if someone you know, messes up, they make a mistake, then we are to readily forgive them. One thing we have to understand about conversations is that we cannot control the words and emotions of others. We only have control over ourselves. And so if we're engaged in a conversation with someone, and if they're bitter, we must refrain from becoming bitter. If someone is angry, then we need to not become angry. Instead, we should continue to be kind. We should act the way that God wants us to act. We we want to pull people up. We want to, to be a good example. We don't want to allow others to drag us down. And so all of us are going to have conversations this week. It's going to happen, you know, probably right after service. You know, you're going to have some conversations with people. You're going to have some conversations at lunch. You're going to have conversations at work all this week. And so it's, it's important that we begin to apply these biblical principles to our interactions with others. And so here are a few ways that we can all begin to practice what the Bible is teaching and therefore be blessed by the wisdom of God. Be purposeful. And so enter into every conversation with a goal. It could be a simple goal. It could be something like, I'm entering into this conversation and I want to encourage. Or I want to uplift. Or maybe, you know, I want to listen. I'm, I'm just going to focus on listening here. Or it could be something difficult like, I'm going to enter into this conversation, I'm going to seek reconciliation because there's something, you know, there's, there's been a disruption in this relationship and I, I want to seek reconciliation. That's, that's sometimes hard, but that could be a good goal. But whatever it is, every conversation should have a goal. Even if it's small talk, even if it's chit-chat, we can do something good with every conversation we have if we're purposeful about what we're doing. And this applies to social media as well. Facebook and Twitter are public conversations that we're having with a lot of different people. And so consider the purpose and the goal behind why it is you post what you post. Is your goal to be a light to the world? That's a good goal. It should be all of our goals. Um, Is it to be funny? You know, laughter is great as long as it's not had at someone else's expense. And so whatever we're communicating with others in whatever, whenever we're com- communicating with others in whatever fashion um, that might be, we need to have a goal. We need to have a purpose behind that. We need to be seeking the good of others just as Jesus did. Okay, next. Be mindful of your emotions. And so we need to realize that our emotions greatly impact the conversations that we have. You know, if we're bitter or angry, two things that Paul mentions in his list, 
then we may want to refrain from having conversations till we get our emotions under control. Uh, because of this, you know, if, if, if we're in that situation, if we're feeling those emotions, we're not going to express ourselves the way that we should, especially if we're upset. And, and this applies to social media as well. Don't post or share something when you're upset, you know. Uh, various things can affect our emotions. Some of us are a little grumpy when we're tired, you know. And, and, and if that's the case, you know, if we, we need to realize that about ourselves. But if that's the case, that's probably not the best time to have a serious conversation with your spouse. Um, you'll save it for another time. Um, sometimes, though, we can't avoid having conversations when we're sad or maybe not in the best mood. But we at least need to be aware of how we're feeling and understand that our emotions are going to influence our communication with others. And so, so we all need to be aware of this, um, and, and we need to be aware of this even as listeners. And so there's two parts to the conversation, somebody's speaking, somebody's listening. And, and as listeners, uh, we need to, you know, maybe be mindful that someone might be having a bad day, and therefore um, we can easily forgive them. And then be Christ-like. <laughs> and so in every conversation we have, we want others to see Christ in us. We want our words to be life-giving. We want to give people hope. We want to speak truth. We want to, to, to show people that there's a better way. And every conversation is an opportunity for people to see Jesus. And so if we're talking to a non-Christian, then our conversation might be the, the, the only chance that they get to experience Christ. If we're talking to other Christians, then we want to encourage them by being Christ-like. And this is not always easy. You know, it, it might mean that we have to turn the other cheek. It might mean that we have to love our enemies. But our goal as Christians is to be like Christ in every way, and this includes our conversations. So as we go out into the world this week, we need to understand that our words are powerful. And we can create something good or something bad with every conversation that we have. And so may our words be kind and tender-hearted. May we seek to, to build up and to give grace to all who hear. May the people whom we speak with see Jesus in us. Let's pray. Father, we're so thankful for this opportunity to uh, gather together as the body of Christ and to be in your presence and to worship you and to study your word. We're so thankful for that holy word which gives us wisdom about all kinds of aspects of life, including our conversations. And we pray that we'll be mindful of what we say this week, Father. We'll pray that we'll be uh, encouraging and uplifting, that we will uh, speak truth and avoid falsehood. We pray that we'll have a goal for every conversation that we enter into, even if it's as simple as encouraging another human being. 
Um, we pray that the people we speak with will see Jesus in our actions and in our words. We're so thankful for his example. We're so thankful for his sacrificial life. And we pray that we'll follow in his footsteps and that we'll make sacrifices each and every day that remind people of him. We pray this in his holy name. Amen. If you're here this morning, you're not a Christian, we want to extend an opportunity to you to uh, submit your life to Christ, to put him on in baptism. That's a wonderful, wonderful decision that you can make. Um, If you're here this morning, maybe you're struggling with something. Uh, If there's something that we can help you with, won't you come now as we stand, as we sing?